I appreciate what you guys are doing with the podcast. And one of the nurses that I was working with told me, hey, um, you know, the the uh, Port Authority's hiring. Then, you know, I had a few teachers that believed in me. I was actually the uh, the recording secretary. My nickname was Scribe. Welcome to the Dre and Smiley Podcast, The Inner Circle. Hey, I'm so excited today to have on the podcast my long-term, lifelong friend, childhood homie, Tony Berkeley. Berkeley and I, Berkeley lived about two houses away from my godmother's house, and I lived about eight houses away from his house, and we, we grew up together, and a lot of people don't know we had this cool organization. It was called the School Boys, where Tony, myself, and a few others was part of it. And we would just get parties in the neighborhood. And it's just, it brings joy to my heart to have Tony on the, on the podcast. Another thing is, Tony is also, he works at the Pittsburgh Transportation Authority with this the bus system in, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And I'm going to let him talk about himself. But Tony, man, thanks for being here, man. How you doing today? Uh, I'm doing great, uh, Smiley. Doing great, man. It's a pleasure for you to uh, have me on your show. Greatly appreciate it. Nice to meet you, Dre. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Nice to meet you, man. Well, Tony, man, if you can, I know it's been a while since you and I communicated, but if you can, tell us about your journey from, from schoolboy days. I, I know I was trying to tell Dre. I remember Ronald Riggins was the president. I was the vice president. I think you were the treasurer. We're, let's just go from schoolboys up into like the current era. <laughs> All right. So I was actually the uh, the recording secretary. My nickname was Scribe. We, you know, we had nicknames on our T-shirts and mine was Scribe, you know. Cause I had the best handwriting, so <laughs> that's how we figured that out. Okay, hey, hey, but we was a hit back then, man. We we, we was a hit back then, man. Uh, shortly after graduation, you know, our our mutual friend, you know, Ron Riggins, he was going into the military, and um, at that time, I was like, no, I'm not having it, man. I, I don't think that's for me, man. And uh, the way life, you know takes his turns and stuff i end up uh going into the military myself did six years as a medic in the military was uh overseas in germany for a while went to fort knox uh had a great time taught me a lot of discipline in life took a couple of college credits uh and um found that i had you know a little bit of aptitude for things that i didn't realize as a younger person uh, shortly after, uh, you know, getting out of the military, um, I, I thought my thing was going to be medical. But uh, as I was working in a hospital uh, in, in the Pittsburgh region, and one of the nurses that I was working with told me, hey, um, you know, the the uh, Port Authority's hiring and, and they got great benefits. And I was like, I don't know. I, I just don't know. So uh, I had a mutual friend. Who we would we would go home together, and I would give him a ride, and he wanted he wanted to apply, so I would wait for him in an employment center while he was filling it out. I said, you know what, 
I don't got nothing else to do. I'm just going to just go ahead and throw an application. And, um, you know, it's funny how life turns out, man, that I ended up getting a call. He didn't. And I wasn't, I wasn't the one who really wanted the job at the time, but I, I got the job. Uh, I drove for 11 years as an operator at the time. Uh, now with, within the company of Port Authority, they do all their hiring from within. So, um, a couple, uh, opportunities came up for a, a supervisor. We call them road supervisors. And, um, I always liked, you know, the way they did things. And I, I applied for it, didn't get it the first time, but I, uh, you know, I had a little tenacity that I, you know, I, I said, no, I ain't gonna give up like that, you know, and um, I ended up getting it and uh, moved throughout as a first line supervisor in different aspects of the job. I did instruction for a little while. Uh, we have a rail system here at, in Pittsburgh, worked on that for a while, and then um what we call the dark side, which is management. Uh, another um, another man that I, he was a, a what we call a a a, um, a supervisor for the uh, company as far as different locations. He said, "Hey man, you, I, I see in you, you're, you're a young man. We need you to carry the, this this torch for us. You you have what we we think that uh, can get you to the next level." So I went into management after that, and I've uh, been with the company for 26 years. I'm in charge of uh, um, training. Man I'm the manager of rail and bus operations training. I eventually got into, last year, uh, some mentorship stuff that the company's now going into. So I'm the I'm training support administrator now, and that's what I'm currently, that's my current position with the company. That's, that's amazing. I, w- I want to hear more about the mentorship, but let me ask you a couple questions here. Yes. So, Tony, w- one thing that uh, Smiley mentioned at the top and before you joined is the, the group, the club you guys had. Uh, call, and, and tell me the, the name again was the... Schoolboys. Schoolboys. You know, what's yeah. w- w- interesting as a kid myself, we had a group that probably wasn't as cool as you guys because we didn't, we didn't have t-shirts with, you know, all, with our names on them, but... We were called we were called the the blues old boys the blues old boys, <laughs> <laughs> which you know I guess I think every neighborhood you know a group of friends would get together and you know form the little clubs which is is fun the ideal is that you have lifelong friends that you that right. come out of that like which, what we're seeing here between you and Smiley. Here's a question yeah. for you: You mentioned that you went into the military, and yes. if, I'm, if I recall correctly, you were a medic, is what you were saying. So yes. tell me about some of the experiences as a medic. What was the most challenging part of being a medic in the military? Well, you know, with with that particular occup- occupation, you know, you're dealing with life and death. Uh, it's a serious job, and um, you got a lot coming at you. In, in the military, you know, the, the demands that they put on you are very high-pressured, and... Um, you either have it or you don't to be able to function in that type of capacity. Mm. Um, Smiley, I know your brother's military and I'm sure he can attest to some of those things that I'm talking about. And um, we always had the threat of uh, if you didn't, (laughs) if you didn't make it as the medic, they would reclassify you as a cook or some other type of uh, job. So you had that pressure of, Hey, I gotta, I gotta knock these uh, courses down, you know, because 
I didn't want to be a cook. You know? yeah, yeah. I didn't want to be an infantry or anything like that. Right. Although, you know, I was a my my particular unit was attached to an infantry unit, what they call them scouts. And um we were side by side with those guys and um but I always had a love for the medical field. Uh as a kid, I don't know if you remember that show, Emergency, Squad yeah. fifty one and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I never told you that, Smiley, but I ain't want y'all laughing at me, man. <laughs> but I always loved that show, man. I said, man, that's a good, good feel, man. I, I want to be something like that. Right. So, yeah, it, 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 it was intense but beautiful. And, um, you know, um, luckily I didn't get into no real uh, serious uh, combat situations. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, every time we deployed, we, we you know, you, you come across – training accidents so uh mm. things did happen but uh like i said it, it, it built character in me how has that role or the the 60 years in the military how did it prepare you for your transition into the corporate world working for the transportation uh port authority great great question uh, first and foremost discipline uh and at the next thing would be uh thinking fast on your feet uh, when, when things don't go as as it should go, you know, in, in, in many fields, you, you got to be able to, to adapt to those changes quickly and proficiently. Uh, those are the attributes I think the military put in me. Uh, and, um, yeah, I, I, that's, I would have to say that is the most challenging part. And then um, never taking no for an answer, you know. Uh, if you believe in something – Stick to it and, and and get you know people around you to believe in you. We we had created a uh, I, I had come across a program. It, it's now the catchphrase uh, de-escalation mm. in in the workplace. And I had a friend that we have a, a police department within the transportation. They have a a program called crisis intervention training, okay. which uh, the police would use these tactics to uh, de-escalate certain situations, uh, you know, just to calm people down. I, I I approached them after learning about this, and I said, maybe we can morph that program into something for the operators because, you know, on, on, the, on uh, the buses or on the rail system, you're dealing with the public. Uh, and you have to be able to, you know, talk to people, understand people, use these fundamentals of de-escalation training to help with all that type of situations. So uh, we, I was able to eventually get senior staff on board to implement that in the training. Now, like I said, I, at first it was a big no. Uh, we don't, I don't think we need that right now. But uh, I had to use statistics and stats to, to prove my point of why we needed that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, n- naturally in transportation, the assault rate on operators was out of hand. You know, we're getting shot over fears or disputes. It, there's no way that should be happening to somebody whose main job is to get people safely from A to B. And I, I took that task to heart and and and, and presented to senior staff, like I said, and we was able to imp- implement that in our training eventually. No, that's that's phenomenal. I was telling Dre that uh, although we don't speak that often, but I love following you on on LinkedIn, and I I see your post and the different initiatives you're doing with other 
like you mentioned that you mentor other facilities or other people. Can you talk about your your management experience and, and how it linked to the job corps? Because I was so intrigued when I think it was a couple of weeks ago you had all these young people in your facility, and I just felt I felt like, man, look at Tony, he's doing the thing, man. He's passing the baton to the next generation. If you could talk about your your sense of giving back, where does that come from? Was that always in you? Did that come from the military, and then how that evolved into your job corps or maybe inroads or whatever programs that you're working with because your posts are are beautiful and inspiring if you could talk about that a little bit sure um i i think that's always been in my nature to want to give back uh you know there's always been somebody in my life that talked to me or pulled me to the side or believed in me they gave me that extra push in life that said Hey, you're 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 just more you're more than what you are if you believe in yourself. So uh, I I want to give that back. Uh, we you know we I see these young people that we go and talk to, and if you can just get through, hey, I want to be cool or you know all this all this other stuff that you know you don't have to just take the 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 you know the easy road in life that you think that's going to get you a, a fast dollar. You know, all you got to do is just apply yourself, just apply yourself to a, a, a doctrine or a nature and um, you can go as far as you can. You know, and I always talk about myself. You know, I, you know, we're from a, a steel mill town. And I remember, uh, well, Smiley, you was already gone by then. You was out there in Appleton, Wisconsin, man. But I always thought, man, look at Smiley. He's doing, man, he, he you know. I wish I had a little bit more of what you had back then. Took me a little longer, but I, I know I, I got it. I remember, you know, my, my mother put me through parochial school, you know, Catholic school, and I could look out the window and see the steel mill. And I said, I, I don't want to work in the steel mill. That that is not for me. So you know, I just started applying myself little by little. Then I and I tell these stories to these young kids that we go to, like the Drive Corps, or uh, you know, we'll visit. Um, like a Forge Road, you know, vocational school and stuff like that. And, you know, you just got to talk to them, be on the up and up with them. And, and, I, and I do believe this first and foremost. When you see people who look like you and they're able to achieve that, then, you know, that gives you a little bit like, hey, you know, look at this guy. You know, he's telling me, you know, he, he came from where I came from. He grew up like I grew up. And that goes a long way, man, a long way. And and, and I, I'm just thankful that I can touch people in that sense to give them that little bit of boost, you know? You know, it's interesting as you talk about that, Tony. Um, I've probably said this on the podcast a million times, um, which is, you know, our, our success, right? Yeah is directly correlated to our exposure, right? And so when you said that you were in school and you looked out and saw the steel mill and said, yeah, that's not for me. It was because of something, and you said this yourself, there's something because something you were exposed to that said, no, there's something bigger for me that's out there. Um, and then you also mentioned you had mentors. You had people that in your life that said, hey, you know, you know there's other opportunities out here. That's that's incredible because you know it's it's important because you know everyone doesn't have that, um, and I have a thought on that as well. But tell me, Tony, 
are there, if you, if you, if you can recall and feel comfortable sharing, who were the people, who were the indiv- individuals in your life that showed you, hey, this person looks like me, I can be like them, or who pulled you aside and said, yeah, don't go down that road? Who were the individuals that, that impacted your life so significantly that has gotten you to where you are today? Well, you know, I, you know, I, my mother impacted me the most. I, you know, I didn't want her to see me as a failure, you know, because, you know, hey, I put my mother through a lot, man, as, as a younger child, you know, like yeah. I'm sure we all have. At all time. boys do. All boys yeah. do. <laughs> That's oh, part yeah. of our job. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So she, she's at the, the apex of that, you know. I don't want to, I didn't want to disappoint my mother, you know? Uh, and then, you know, I had a few teachers that believed in me, you know, uh, pulled me to the side, you know, talked to me, uh, uh, assistant managers or, or managers within, um, Port Authority that pulled me to the side and, and always believed in me and, and saw something in me that I doubted in me that I just thought I couldn't, no, not me, you know, but a lot of that is this. You're afraid to go out on a uh, go out and and try, you know. You 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 just have to just go for it at times. And everybody has their moment, that aha moment when they say, you know what, I got nothing else to lose. Or sometimes you just got to hit rock bottom in life, you know, uh, and, and go from there. But um, yeah, I'm I'm nobody special for sure. But uh, when uh, when I found an avenue or something that I felt that was for me, I, I just said, yeah, I'm going to go for that, you know? Um, but yeah, you know, I, I belong, I'm, I'm a, a Mason and we do a lot of community events with them too. And, um, you know, of course I was approached by the organization to join and that's been a beautiful thing also, you know, uh, you know, just to give back, you know, how can you not do that? You know, in, in this world, as the way things are now, you know, all the tragedies that we see going around right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you just got we got to We got to do better, man. We, we, we got to do better as a society. For sure. For sure. Tell me this, too. So for, for someone who's, you know, a young adult and they're trying, you know, to find their way, they currently don't feel like they have their footing. What would you what would you suggest to them in terms of? perhaps finding a mentor or um, finding that confidence within the, themselves to persevere. Any, any suggestions or tips for the young adult who feels like they may be kind of, kind of lost at the moment um, and, you know, looking for guidance, what suggestion or tips would you give to them? It, it could be something as easy as, you know, I know all young people are sitting there in a the barbershop on a Saturday and that old dude over there playing checkers, you know, there's a lot of wisdom oh, yeah. in those guys, man. Oh, Take the sure. time to listen to them. Yeah. Listen from those people that came before you because at one time they were the same age as you, man, and with Ooh. the same exact problems. And they're, they're just no different than you, man. Take the time to listen to people. And, and, and see what life has brought them, you know, and, and taking them through. And you'll find that, you know, hey, that, you know, what he's saying is no different than what I've been through, you know, mm-hmm. or that I'm going through. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, reach out. Just reach out because 
there, there's a lot of people. I think there's a lot of people our ages, you know, that want to help the young people in the, in mm-hmm. this world. You know, uh, I, I tell you, you know, the things that you know that are going on today. I'm so glad I'm not growing up, you know, at this time because mm-hmm. it's really rough for them. It's really rough, man. But you know, just the fundamentals of life, you know. Uh, that we all went through, it's still the same though. It's still the mm. same. It's just that technology has changed the way, you know, everyday things are are, are being brought about. Yeah. But uh, yeah, reach out to just just reach out. Okay. Another another quick question before I pass it over to Smiley. When you think about where you came from, right, Steel Mill Town, uh, military, and where you are today, what's one adjective you would use? Just one word. That would describe your life. Uphill. Uphill. Okay. All right. I like it. <laughs> it's, you you want you, you want to add you want to add to that in terms you want to you want tell me why you say uphill any any reason? Well, you know, in in life, you know, it, it's just never been a real easy path for me. Even though it can, and I'm not saying. That it's always because life has been unfair, but some of that I put on myself, you know, mm. that maybe I knew better and I, I should have went a different route. And mm. But like I said earlier, sometimes you got to hit rock bottom in life to, uh, to figure out your your path. And, yeah. and if, it, if it meant that I had to take it uphill for a minute, hey, that it was worth it, though, because... I, I can't um, complain about where I'm at in, in, in the world today. Mm. I, I love my life today, man. And, uh, it, 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 you know, it, life's journeys, sometimes you need lessons in life, you know. I don't mm. know anyone who who's achieved anything that didn't have to learn something out of it, you know. Mm. You know, if, if you work for it and have to um, compete for it or have obstacles moved out of your way, it makes you a better person, man. It, you know, you, you have to live some life to learn from it. Yeah, you know, your your words are so uh, profound, Tony, because I, I just, you mentioned Apple to Wisconsin, and I just remember when I was there and you and, and Ronald was in the military traveling around the world in Germany. And I was like, man, I want to be with my boys around the world too, man. And I was just like looking up to you guys. So you guys were making an example just by doing things, just by going away and coming back. I was like, man, they've been to Germany. They've been over here. They're doing stuff. And I didn't even know you were a medic in the military until you just mentioned it. But I, I've always been admiring. All of the schoolboys have been amazing. And we've all lived amazing lives. So continue doing what you're doing. Yeah. But uh, if I, let's say if to bring it back to like what you're doing now, your training for the Port Authority, the management, different things. If I'm a young person and I want to work at the Port Authority, do I go and get a CDL? Do, how do I start? I mean, is it best to come as a fresh mind? And I, I don't want you to learn out the bad habits of driving an Amazon truck. I want you to come in. Or how does someone listening to this who's like, I'm in Pittsburgh, I'm, I'm 22, 21, I want to work there. Do I go to trucks driving school or how does that process look? Great, great question, Smiley. Um, you know, it's funny because those people who already come in with the CDL 
are usually the worst drivers because we have to break all the bad habits. So, uh. long story short, um, no, you don't necessarily have to have a CDL to to, to uh, be an operator. Does it help? Yeah, yes or no. Only because you know it's a different type of driving. Driving a city bus and driving over the road trucking is totally two different things. So the first and most important thing is you need to have a good driving record. That means no DUIs, no speeding violations. Our particular company checks a three-year background for that. Also, you need to have a uh, a, uh, a clean background. You know, uh, although things happen in life, and we do believe in second chances, um, it, it's a case-by-case um, thing. Uh, if you do have something in your background, I'm not saying that we won't hire you, but Again, it's, you know, a case-by-case thing. Uh, our, our training's 10 weeks long. Uh, we have uh, in-house people, what we call third-party examiners, that do the CDL training. All our instructors prepare you for that, and then we test you in-house and get, get your CDL to you that way. Uh, then uh, we have four bus locations throughout the county, and you'll learn wherever you're looking. Let's say you're at the East Liberty Division. Uh, you'll learn the routes that come out of that particular division or vice versa. And uh, it's quite challenging. Um, I always tell the new hires, you know, when we talk to them at the beginning of orientation that, you know, driving is the easy part. But dealing with the public, that's the hard part. So I always say it's, it's 90 percent mental. 10% driving because you already came in here with the driver's license. You know how to drive. You know the basics. You're just driving a bigger vehicle. So, but, you know, especially these days, because all these young people, all they do is text, you know, they don't have good communication skills. <laughs> but it's our job to, you know, incorporate that in them. You know, we give them plenty of training as far as, you know, the ADA laws and, how to communicate, how to, you know, talk to people, uh, uh, the transmission over the radio, uh, de-escalation training that I spoke about uh, when you have a combative person or somebody, you know, that's, uh, you know, might not be in the best frame of mind. Uh, you know, a couple of years back, you know, a lot of uh, mental health facilities closed down and all of those people, you know, they ride the bus, they ride public transportation to get to the doctors. Uh, it makes a difference, man. You know, um, you know, during a pandemic, you know, one of the people that still had to be out there was operators, bus operators. You know, they couldn't stay home. They had to still be out there with the public to get these people from A to B, you know, the nurses and all those people who you think is as, um, essential personnel. A lot of people don't think of a bus operator as essential personnel, but they are. You know, we, we keep the city rolling, you know, keep the city moving, you know. So it's a lot. Of, it's a lot to go into that. And I always tell people, don't ever think of yourself as just a bus, a bus driver. You're a bus operator because you handle a lot of different things. And you need to pat yourself on the back if, if you achieve that goal, you know. Man, I, I, when you were speaking and you mentioned the bus routes, it took me way back because when we were kids, we used to get the bus pass and we could get a bus pass and ride all weekend. 
and, and you can put three or four of us on a bus pass, and we would ride the 61A and just ride it all the way into the city and all the way back. Don't even get off the bus. Just ride around and see who get on the on the bus yeah. and talk to the different ladies coming on. And, and uh, a quick story for you: I, I came home from uh, I came home from college. Must have been 80, 85, 86. I had my first little car. I was excited. Drove back to Braddock, our part of Pittsburgh. And my mother was like, I need to go downtown. So I got in the car. I knew nothing because no one in my family had a car. So I started driving her downtown, like the 61A bus route through Edgewood, through Wilkinsburg. And she's like, where are you going? I was like, you said you're going downtown. And she's like, why didn't you get on the parkway? Why didn't we go through the tunnels? I was like, I don't know how to get there. I only know the bus route. <laughs> and, uh, so when you mentioned bus routes, Tony, it took me way back in the car with my mother. And she yelled at me because I don't know how to get to the city without following the bus route. That's how much we rode the bus. Isn't that funny? That's too funny, man. Oh, I have a similar story. I I, I remember back in the day riding the bus. I rode the bus so so much, just like you guys. And I finally had a car. I was driving to college, but I had been been catching the bus to school. And it'd take like an hour and a half, I guess, to catch the bus. And I finally got a car, and you know, I mapped it all out. And I left at the same time as I would leave to catch the bus. Dude, I was at school like an hour and a half early. I'm like, <laughs> it's like 15 minutes to drive because I didn't know that, you know, there was a big difference at the time in terms of catching the bus versus driving. So, yeah, right. the, the, when, when you're dependent on the bus, it's a whole different mindset. Oh, man, it's, yeah. it's amazing. And um, to, to one, another question is, I, I'm in my mind, I live in Tampa, Florida now. And, of course, I grew up in Pittsburgh. I don't see the train. Are you, when you say the rail, are you talking about the incline as the train operator? Is that controlled or is there a train system in Pittsburgh now? Or when you say light yeah, rail? Yeah, um, so, yeah, it's light rail service. Uh, I'm sure you, you remember the trolley cars, right? Oh, the trolley. And, um, well, now, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it, it replaced the trolley cars. Uh, we have an underground system that goes actually under the three rivers over to the north side near the uh, Stiller Stadium and, and, and our casino. And, and it runs all the way out through South Hills area of the city. And, um, yeah, we, we control that. And we do also control the uh, the Mont Incline. Okay. So, and- yeah, we, we do all of them. We do all of that there. So I want to tell you this quick story, Smiley. I, I remember as a kid, I would beg my mother. I said, Mom, please, I want to I want to ride the um, the trolleys. Can we get on the trolley? She would say, yeah, one day, one day. So after I you know, started working with uh, the Port Authority, I said, Mom, never mind. I, I drive them now. So <laughs> you don't even got to worry about it. <laughs> well, you know. It. I'm sorry, baby. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember the trolley. You know what? Now, as soon as you mention it, I see the subway. I remember them building it, but I've yet. Next time on my list, when I come back home, I'm gonna get on the subway because I've never been on the subway in uh in, in Pittsburgh. Like you said, they go under the three rivers, so that's on my list of things to do. That's uh, did they did they do y'all still offer those weekend passes? You remember we was riding around all weekend. Do y'all do that still, or is it something different? You know. <laughs> They have a form of it, but it's not as good as it used to be back then, man. That we we used to have, you know, you get like what, 
two or three people on that thing for a couple yeah. dollars. Three dollars. <laughs> we ran all weekend. It was Saturday yeah. and Sunday. And my mother would oh, say, man. why don't you go get a bus pass? Get out the house. And we just ride all over the city <laughs> on the bus pass. It was it yeah. was the best thing. Yeah. <laughs> best wow. thing ever, man. Best thing ever, man. Well, I, I remember, well, you know, we would get dressed up on Easter, go downtown, <laughs> Do the movies, man. Yeah. In, in, in our suits. <laughs> <laughs> we was clean, too, man. We was real clean. We was clean, man. We was clean. The, the schoolboys had to represent. We yes, did. Man. Dude, we were, we, were, we were legendary, man. We had, man, we had parties oh, and we had meetings. Where'd the name come from? So, so for, for us, we were the Blue Zone boys. We got that name because we had these jean jackets. <laughs> they were they were they were fresh, by the way. Jean jackets with um, remember there was a brand name called Blue Zone. I don't know if you guys remember that, but, but they, I don't you, remember. You, that. you could buy you could buy it at Chess King. Did you guys have, have a Chess King where you grew up? You no, we Chess had King? K's, dress yeah. up. A couple yeah. other spots. Well, we, we had these jean jackets. I remember dressing. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember dressing us, man. I don't remember what he's talking about. We didn't have that drink. So, so, <laughs> so, so tell me where the schoolboys. But where'd that name come from? Well, I don't know if you remember the the glasses. There used to be these glasses called school okay. glasses. Yeah, and it was based off of that. And um, okay. yeah. Yeah. And we had black and red jackets and we had a schoolboy on our on our jacket and we man, we was there was nine of us. There was like five dudes and four girls. And when we came out with our jackets, everybody wanted to have over. a schoolboy jacket, man. It was oh, over. We, 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 we are town, clean. Man. We are clean. We was clean. Oh, we was man. all clean, man. We was uh, <laughs> then, then people was like, Can I be a schoolboy? Can I be a schoolboy? We're like, no. The books are closed. The books are closed. Sir. Yeah, the books are closed. We, we were meeting. So, it was cool, man. We had I got 30s. pictures. I, I, I want to see a picture of this jacket. Somebody got a picture of the jacket they can, they can share. Or I, I know you don't have the jacket. Somebody got a picture. I don't even got it no more, man. You know what? When I went to the military. And I came back on in, in between uh, Germany and coming back to the States. I said to my brother, what happened to my schoolboy jacket, man? What my schoolboy jacket? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. Gone, man. We're gone. Man. God. <laughs> I, I, he probably I, sold it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's probably worth a lot of money. Do you know what? I want to ask one of my yeah. friends. I think Nancy may have some pictures of us because uh, she's a schoolboy. Oh, that'd be great. Man. Yeah. Man, so, I'd love to but, see that. I'd love to yeah. see that. <laughs> We, we had a party. Remember the party we had at my house, man? Yeah, we did, man. <laughs> the first one? The first yeah. one was at your house. And, uh, man, we had everybody I from the hood. I was the DJ, baby. You were the DJ. Okay. okay. <laughs> D- DJ Tony. DJ, baby. Yeah. DJ Tony. All right. All right. Man, that was yeah. cool, man. So, we, had, we had a good childhood, man. Even looking back on it, man, I the memories we created and we were like the little rascals, but on a positive side. You know, if you think of yeah, our game, yeah. and we was walking around the neighborhood, everyone was just getting along. It's a totally different period, but it was it was yeah, a positive right. upbringing, right. I believe. So I love absolutely. it. I love it. You know, you might have conflicts, you know, in life back then, but you lived another day, man. You know, yeah. not not like today, man. You know, it, it's it's just. Yeah, it it was just fun, man. It was just fun, man. You know, you you bicker a little bit, but you was friends the next the next day, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now, yeah. Nowadays, 
bickering could uh, end, end someone's life. Yes. Unfortunately. Yes. Unfortunately. Yeah. 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 So on, on a positive, positive note, uh, bringing things back up a bit. So, so Tony, tell me this. And we're going to kick into the final four here in just a second with Smiley. He's going to kick it off. But what's one thing that people don't know about you that you wish they knew? Oh, man, you really trying to break me down. Man. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, I, I guess I need to be transparent here. So uh, I'm, I'm going to say I'm a Trekkie, okay? Okay. Uh, I'm in the Star Trek big time, man. Uh, a lot of people probably don't know that. I don't even talk about it, man. <laughs> right. Okay, okay. I got love for y'all. I'm, right. Yeah, I, I, I'm in the Star Trek. Because you know why, man? It, in, in that future, futuristic world, society has overcome things such as racism, you know, and things of that nature. So I think that's why I, I kind of got involved with that kind of thing, because um, mm. I was always different than everybody else. When I remember, you know, uh, when I was in Catholic school, I was one of the few only uh, black kids there, you know, so I was different and I wasn't Catholic either. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I was always standing out somehow, man. But in that futuristic society, everybody either you're, you're just part of the human race, you know, mm. in that society. And, you know, uh, that's why I gravitated to that kind of thing. So, yeah, Star Trek was my thing, man. OK. Well, well, well Tony, I got to share something with you, too. I'm a Trekkie as well. And Dre didn't know it. But I, you know what got me into Star Trek? I was checking into a hotel. This was like 90s and seven of nine, who was the board, Jerry Ryan. I turned it on yeah. and I saw her five, but I was like, who in the world is that? <laughs> now, Jerry Ryan is, is sexy. She's way before Angelina Jolie. And when I turned on the channel, when I saw Jerry, and I'm like, well, who is that? And I started watching. I'm like, oh, this is Star Trek. And then all of a sudden, yes. I picked up from John Luke Picard forward, just because she was on there. And I'm now like a closet Star Trek fan, and I'm just like bonded with you, man. Now that I know that you're a Trekkie too, I've never told the world that. If if I see Star Trek on, I I can't change the channel. It's just like I get in the the, the plot lines, the storyline. So I'm a closet Trekkie, and it's all because of Jerry Ryan. She's just, I don't know what she looks like now, but she was beautiful back then. So anyway, thanks for sharing that. Well, man, no this, problem, is, man. <laughs> this is the final four. And the final four is where we're going to just ask you some questions we ask all of our guests. And imagine this, Tony. You're at a dinner table. There's four chairs at the table. You're in one of them. Who would you want to be at the other three chairs at your table, dead or alive? Who and why would you want to have dinner with them? Uh, first one I would pick is... Uh... Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. Uh, that yeah, that's my cat right there, man. That's a beautiful man, beautiful man, inside and out, man. Uh, a real human being. Uh, mm. Wasn't afraid to present his real self to to you or to the people he's talking to. Mm. Uh, real transparent. Uh, the next one would be. Uh, let's see, let's see. Uh, Probably one of the astronauts, man, because I'm I'm in the space and uh, uh, you know, like uh, who's my man that walked on the moon? What's his name? Uh, Ulrich. Uh, one of those guys. Okay. Yeah, 
Yeah. One of them. Just to just to pick their brain about what's it like to you know to actually do that to 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 break the bounds of of the earth and be in a, another place like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the next would be uh, 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 Harriet Tubman. Mm. Uh, I'm a big Harriet Tubman fan, man. Uh, that you know to learn about her background and everything she did, man, is incredible. <laughs> Especially back then, you know. Yeah. So that that's who I'd be picking. Awesome, thank love you. Love it, love it. So next question. So you think about your life as a whole. What's your greatest success, personally or professionally? What's been your greatest success? Uh, well, seeing my kids, man, uh, achieve things, man. Um, I, I remember, my, you know, I went to my. I got twin kids, a uh, boy, girl, and uh, my daughter, when she was walking across the stage, she, she graduated from Point Park, and it, it was definitely quiet, you know, and I said, that's my baby! <laughs> <laughs> she, she, she didn't break, you know, yeah. her, her uh, concentration, but yeah. I could see her pause for a second, you know, right, right, but right. she heard me, man. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, it's just great to see them achieve, man, and, and to get where they're getting, and um, uh, my other son, um, you know, he, he's making his way through life, He's he, he took more after me, you know, as far as I got take some the hard way a little bit but he, yeah. he's still achieving and but to see them uh you know make it through life is a beautiful thing and then for me uh you know like like I was saying earlier about you know the where we grew up smiley and to get to where we at in today you know seeing your success uh it's beautiful man it's just beautiful so uh you know when I you know people come and talk to me who I don't think I made a big uh, difference to mm. when they come up to me and tell me, "Woo, mm. man, it's beautiful, man. Just beautiful mm-hmm. that I, ha- I had an impact on somebody." Mm-hmm. Okay, great, awesome. No, that was that's uh, yeah. I definitely understand all that stuff. That is so cool. So, um, you know, Superman has his power, which is he could fly. Wonder Woman has her truth lasso. What would you say is your superpower, Tony? Um, Compassion, man. Compassion. Compassion. Um, able to uh, connect. I, I don't want to say telepathically, <laughs> but you, I, I get I get like a feeling, you know, from people mm-hmm. who need you, man. That you know, uh, one of my friends, um, he he used to be an operator, man, and um, he. You know, I, I just felt in him that there was, you know, some, like people felt about me. I, I pulled him to the side and he was prior military. He used to be a drill sergeant, actually. Mm-hmm. And when you grow up in the military or had that military experience, things are either A or B. But here in the real world, you have gray areas. And I pulled him to the side and said, look, man, you, you got to let go of some of these things and um attack things from a different perspective or look mm. at things in a different perspective. Now that man's a, he, he's a director now, you know? So, you know, we always joke about that. You know, man, I remember when you pulled me to the side and, and you talked to me, man. And it, it's just, you know, that's, that's my thing, man. Just being able to communicate, you know, and, and see, see things in people, man. You know? Yeah. That's awesome. great. That's great. So the last question, um, 
If you were to write an autobiography, what would the title of the book be? So through the fire. Remember through that shot the cone song? Through yeah. the fire. <laughs> through the weather. <laughs> yeah, I can't see. But yeah, I like that. Through the fire. Classic. Classic. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Coming out the other side of that, you know? It's beautiful, man. It's beautiful. Like you said the earlier, like the like a phoenix. Yes. Love yes, it. absolutely, absolutely, Love it. man. Okay, smiling. Well, well, Tony, man, I'm just so I'm sitting here smiling like a chessy cat. I, I first, I want to thank you for when I sent you the text or the LinkedIn. You're like, yeah, I'll do it. I would just, uh, just appreciate you for for a being on the podcast and and bringing back some childhood memories. Get me all chilly on the inside, man. It is good seeing you, and it's so good hearing about your success and your life journey and. And I just appreciate you and thank you very, very much for being on the pod. Thank you. Just to echo that, Tony, and I'll give you a chance here to respond, Tony, but just to echo that, you know, seeing the connection you and Smiley have, Tony, it's it's heartwarming, right? Because there aren't too many people that have gotten to this stage in our lives, in their lives, that can say, yeah, I've known this dude for decades, right? And you can reconnect and pick up like, You've been talking every day for the past 20 years. There aren't too many friendships like that. So seeing this bond between the two of you is heartwarming. Then hearing your story, your journey, it's, uh, it's, it's a great journey, man. You know, everybody, I believe everyone in life, when you're born, is dealt a hand of cards, right? Some get a good hand, some get a bad hand. Some people play their hand well, good or bad, and some don't play it well at all. Uh, it's clear to me the hand you were dealt it looks like it was, you know, a good hand. You played it well. Um, I'm excited to see, you know, it's, it's great to see what you've done, you know, throughout your life and, and the service you've given. Thank you for your service in the military. And uh, also, thank you for being on the podcast. But I want you to, I want to give you a chance to, to respond to what, what Smiley said to you. Uh, well, you know, I, I appreciate what you guys are doing with the podcast and everything. Um, you definitely got a fan in me moving forward. Um this is the first time I even really dealt with a, uh, a podcast myself. And I, I was telling my wife, I said, man, I hope I, I can connect you know, and get this right. You know, so, and, I, and I remember saying uh, Smiley earlier in the week, uh, what are we going to talk about, man? I want to be prepared, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, he, he just made me feel like he was, and it, it was just good to see you, Smiley, after all this time. I know you, you, you came in town a few times, and I didn't get a chance to see you, and I always felt bad about it, man, because I love you, you know? Yeah, You're a good man. Thank you, man. And well, next yeah. time, everyone who's on the podcast, and I'm a, when I come back to Pittsburgh, I'm taking you to dinner. If you in Tampa, Florida, I'm taking you to dinner. So you on the dinner list from the Dreas Valley podcast. So as soon as I see you next, I haven't been home in a minute, but as soon as I come home, I'm looking you up for sure. All right. Vice versa, too, brother. All right. All right, man. Good luck to you guys. 